You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid movie recommendations for whatever ails you. And once again, a reminder, we are not real therapists. We are not real doctors, but we are real movie critics. Okay, Kristen, shall we get to this week's letters? Yes, yes, let's do it. Our first letter is from Tim. Tim says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I thought that all this time at home would make me a better cook, but the fact is, I just keep cooking the same five dishes I cooked every week before the lockdown. But let's be honest, it's really only four dishes, and one is a sandwich. I'd love to be inspired to make something exciting and new, but I also know that if the recipe is overly complicated, I'll ignore it. Any tips would be appreciated. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, Tim. Uh, you and I, I'm making, I'm making the, I'm making the, the two finger eye to eye movement right now from my eyes <laughs> to your eyes, my eyes, your eyes. I'm with you. I'm with you as Krista knows. And I, and we've talked about on this podcast in the past, I have a terrible, terrible relationship with cooking. It really just, it, uh, everything winds up a total failure for me. And it, and it, I really just end up angry at myself and, and angry at God. And, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a horrible <laughs> It's a horrible, horrible time for me. So I understand exactly what you're going through. Oh, Rafer, I I love how mad you get when you talk about cooking and when you do any sort of food preparation. It just it cracks me oh, up. Um, I don't really get mad cooking, but I don't cook very much. I'm very much in the same camp as Tim here, where I have a repertoire of uh, like maybe four to six dishes I make over and over again. And one of them is hot dog salad. If you want the recipe, write to us at raferandkristen.com, and I will send you my hot dog salad recipe. But yeah, I'm not much of a cook myself. And the stuff I make is definitely not sophisticated, and it is never going to be in the spreads of a magazine. Never, ever, ever. I might have to ask you for that hot dog salad recipe. I've never heard of such a thing. (laughs) Hot dog salad. Okay. It is hot dogs. It is salad. It is everything delicious. It's all in one bowl. <laughs> Again, write to me for the recipe and I will send you my hot dog salad recipe. <laughs> yeah, so Kristen, that might be a whole other podcast right there. Okay. 
So what movie prescription do we have for Tim to help him get a little bit more inspired in the kitchen during these times? Okay, Tim, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, I usually recommend uh, a movie here, but uh, this time I'm going to recommend a little something that's online. I'm going to put in a little plug for some people I know. There's a great art house cinema on Long Island. Yes, yes, I know what you're saying. There is an art house cinema <laughs> on Long Island. It's called... Isn't it pronounced Long Island? <laughs> people don't actually talk like that on Long Island, and they get very mad when you say they do. Believe me. <laughs> Um, well, this place is called Cinema Arts Center, and that is Center spelled the pretentious British way with an R-E. Love it. Love it, right? Uh, but this is one of the oldest rep houses in the country, actually. Um, and it's almost as old as Film Forum. It started up a couple years after Film Forum. Well, like many theaters, they are struggling during the shutdown. So a couple of board members came up with this little online series called Forks and Films. And it's very simple. Every week they recommend a film and then they show you how to make a dish from the movie or associated with the movie. And the chef is a guy named Martin Butera. He's a very successful restaurateur on Long Island, a handful of places out there. And he also has a line of meatballs that you can find in supermarkets. So he's a pretty successful guy. And one thing about this series is Martin Butera has for many years refused to get into the cooking show racket. He doesn't like it. He's very suspicious of it. And he just doesn't really need it. But this little online show is the first thing he's ever done like this. And it's just him in his kitchen with an iPhone, very bare bones. The, the audio is not great. So I'm not really sure we're going to play you a clip because it may not be worth it. But, um, you know, the only reason he's doing this is just to keep the Cinema Arts Center alive in people's minds. But you can watch it anywhere. It doesn't matter, you know, what part of the country you're in. It's free. You don't pay anything. He's just doing this because he's a movie fan and he loves the Cinema Arts Center. So here's your chance to see this successful professional chef, this professional restaurateur, whip up some stuff in his kitchen. And there you go. It's called Forks and Films. You can find it at cinemaartscenter.org. And please remember that center is spelled the pretentious British way with the R-E. So that's <laughs> cinemaartscenter.org. That's my recommendation to you, Tim. Nice. Nice. And what kinds of um, dishes can we see this great chef preparing on the show? Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you the very first one they did, um, because Martin Butera is actually famous for uh, his chicken meatballs. Uh, like, like I said, you can find them in a lot of supermarkets. Um, I think it depends on what part of the country you're in. But uh, he's famous for his meatballs. So the very first episode they did was Lady and the Tramp because of the <gasps> spaghetti scene. Oh, oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, yes. Okay. And that just also gives me a better idea of what the show is like. So you have the meatball recommendation and how to cook it. And then you have the movie recommendation. Oh, yeah. that's great. I'm definitely going to check that out, Rafer. That sounds great. Once again, don't go in expecting uh, what I would call professional quality. It's just, it's very homemade. It's just this, you know, just this guy in his kitchen, but it's, uh, but it's cute. It's fun. And it's pretty easy. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of cooking shows right now are just people in their kitchen. And frankly, you know, network TV shows, everyone's just like shooting right now in their living room yeah. or their bathroom or their kitchen right yeah. now, including me and you. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kristen, how about yourself? What's your recommendation? Well, I am a big fan of an Epicurious show called Four Levels. You can find it at Epicurious.com. You can find it on YouTube. It's available pretty much anywhere online. And it is is such a joy to watch. In each episode, there is a good-natured amateur cook, somebody who probably makes things like hot dog salad, <laughs> uh, a home cook, 
and a professional chef. Ah. And all three of them prepare their version of a dish in their own way. So, for example, one episode they did chicken soup and another one they did macaroni and cheese. And um, they've even done simple things just like scrambled eggs or grilled cheese sandwiches. And it is always a delight watching them cook, watching them explain why they cook it this way, or even if the way they cook it is just opening a tube of cookie dough and putting it on a baking sheet and saying, this is how I make cookies, which they actually have them do that when they do a cookie episode. So I think it's just, it's great. There's no pretension. They really uh, humanize each chef and each of their stories and try to make it, you know, not something where it's like, oh, this fancy chef's the best one here. They do a really good job of not trying to make one of them seem like better than the other. And then when they're all done cooking, a food scientist then comes on wearing a lab coat usually with a pointer. I love it. And giving very detailed explanations of each of the recipes and cooking methods, explaining, well, you'll see that Chef A did this to create the Maillard effect. Oh. This is what is in a pre-made tube of cookie dough that causes it to have the right balance of fat versus salt. This is what happens here. And so the scientist walks us through each of the different chef's methods at the end. And again, that elevates each chef so that nobody is better than the other. And you can understand what each one was doing and feel that it doesn't matter if you are a fancy chef or someone who uses the tube of cookie dough. You're still trying your best. You're still eating. And it's all good in its own way. Here's a clip. Hi, I'm John, and I'm a level one chef. Hi, I'm Khadija, and I'm a level two chef. I'm Frank, and I've been a chef for 23 years. This lasagna recipe is a variation that my mom used to make for us. Super simple, very dumbed down because I know how to do it. I grew up in a Caribbean household, but as I grew up, I started putting my own spin on these Caribbean dishes. I like things really spicy. For my lasagna, I like to make a meat sauce. Anytime you have a crowd over, you should make this lasagna. It feeds a lot of people. Good-natured amateur. Uh, That's pretty good. Yes. If they ever need a a bitter, hostile amateur, let me know. (laughs) I'm happy I'm happy to sign up. But that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of fun. It really, really is. And, you know, it might inspire you to do a little bit of cooking, Tim, or it may just, you know, make you feel good to see that people all cook at different levels and it's all fine and no one method is better than the other. Even if you do just after watching all of this, just go back and make another peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you'll probably still feel happy that, you know, <laughs> your peanut butter and jelly sandwich is just fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I love it. So once again, our recommendations are Forks and Films from Rafer from the Cinema Art Center and Four Levels from Epicurious.com. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, are you in a predicament where you could use some questionable advice and a good movie recommendation? Write to us at RaferandKristen at gmail.com. By the way, you do not have to use your real name. No, you can write in and say, hi, my name is Rafer Guzman. I have a problem. Or my name is Kristen Meinzer. We won't be confused at all by that, will we? (laughs) we'd believe you. (laughs) You can also fill out the contact form at RaferandKristen.com or tweet us at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meinzer. Stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who feels as though COVID is turning her into a judgmental monster.
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. All right, we are back with our second letter of the week. Rafer, this is a good one, huh? Oh, this is a this is a delight. This letter. <laughs> All right. This is from Bella. Bella says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I normally think of myself as a pretty amiable and patient person, but not anymore. COVID is turning me into a judgmental monster. I get mad at any joggers I see running toward me without a mask. Mad at couples who refuse to walk single file on the sidewalk to create distance when I pass them. Mad at people sitting in the park with all their friends having picnics. Part of me thinks I'm correct to hold negative opinions of these people as they are clearly part of the problem. But another part of me would like to stop being so angry. Can you help? <laughs> oh, boy. Bella. Rafer, have you found yourself being judgmental at all Me? during no. this era of COVID-19? <laughs> Kristen, surely you jest. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, Bella, you, you've left out one of my favorite groups to uh, scream at and get angry at, bicyclists. Oh, my God. Yes. How could you leave them out, Bella? You mentioned almost literally everyone else, but the bicyclists. Oh, what's worse than a New York City bicyclist? Oh, don't get me started. Oh, my gosh. Can we also just spend a moment just being mad at those dum-dums storming the capitals of right. their states, demanding, <laughs> like, now you are gathered in a giant group right, right now right. on these steps. Right. Ugh. Holding Ugh. Uh, holding uh, assault rifles and wearing the bandanas over their faces. That's a great one. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, listen, there, there are... <laughs> There are so many, so many, many, many people to be mad at, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, Kristen, do you have some advice? you want to go first? 
Oh, yes. Well, first of all, Bella, you're clearly talking to two people who have no problems being judgmental themselves, <laughs> Rafer and I. <laughs> I guess that's what makes us such good film critics, Rafer. We have a sense of discernment. We judge things. I certainly, I like to think so. Yes. So a part of me says, maybe just lean into it. Let yourself be judgy. I mean, I think a lot of people right now are feeling anxious. They're feeling exhausted. They're feeling nervous. And maybe being judgmental is a safe feeling to let yourself feel from time to time so that you don't have to feel overwhelmed by those other feelings. And, you know, I think judgmental is an adjective that gets a bad rap sometimes. But once in a while, you know, maybe letting yourself do that lets you process feelings in a way that feels safer for you. I'm not saying to go out into the streets and like, do what those people are who are storming the steps of the, you know, capital or what have you. But, you know, just maybe let yourself feel some of it without taking it out on everybody else. What do you think, Rafer? Sure. I think that's I think that's good advice. I think that's good advice. It's human nature. You know, we <laughs> we we judge. We judge. What do you, what do you, what else are we supposed to do? You know. It's it's part of our nature and as I said earlier, maybe we're all just discerning. That's all. <laughs> maybe, Bella, maybe you have better taste than everybody else. Maybe that's what it is. Yes, better taste in how to behave. <laughs> well, when it comes to movies and TV shows, though, Rafer, what should we prescribe, Bella? Well, Bella, now that I've yelled at the New York City bikers and I've, I've tipped my hand as being a, an angry male in the streets of New York, <laughs> uh, I am going to recommend a movie uh, that is kind of the opposite. It's a movie from 2002 called Changing Lanes. Kristen, do you remember this movie? Have you seen it? Gosh, this is not the one with bike messengers, is it? No. <laughs> That's a no. Do you know what movie I'm talking now, about now, that is bike? Yeah. Now, now, see, the first one I'm thinking of is Quicksilver, starting Kevin with uh, Kevin Bacon, but that um, makes me seem really old. You're talking about something that came out more recently. Yeah, what was that movie, Kristen? That wasn't called Changing Lanes? <laughs> I don't think it was called Changing Lanes. <laughs> Okay, that's funny. Okay, okay. But all right. No, but that's whatever that movie is, uh, we'll watch that later and get back to you, Bella. But the movie that I'm recommending is Changing Lanes. This is a great movie, that, and it did pretty well at the time when it came out, 2002, but I do feel like it's been somewhat forgotten. Uh, it's the story of two men, one played by Ben Affleck, the other by Samuel L. Jackson, and they get into a car accident. Affleck plays a guy named Gavin. He's this wealthy Wall Street attorney, deal maker. Samuel L. Jackson plays a guy named Doyle. He's a recovering alcoholic, uh, more of a working class guy. And their car accident meeting does not go well. Doyle gets a little huffy. Gavin doesn't really take Doyle seriously. And then he just drives off. And that sets off this chain of events where Doyle finds a way to get back at Gavin Gavin finds a way to get back at Doyle, and things escalate to the point where they're actually taking the lug nuts off of tires, paying hackers to ruin their credit, and potentially, like, destroying, <laughs> possibly even ending each other's lives. Here's a clip. I'm, 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 my name's Gavin Bannock. Doyle Gibson. Hey, listen, Doyle, that's not what I'm like this morning. I really isn't. That, that's not who I am. I mean it. I'm a lawyer. I should never let to see him in action. I should know better. My file. Did you find it? Yeah, I had an orange file. Um, it was in my briefcase. I thought maybe it fell out and picked it up. Do you have it? Did you get it? You said better luck next time. I said give me a lift. You said better luck next time and just... 
Better luck next time. I said that? Listen, sir, please. I, I have no excuse for my behavior, and I'm sorry. I don't know what I can do to make it up to you, but I will buy you a new car. Money. You, you think I want money? What I want is my morning back. I need you to give my time back to me. Can you give me back my time? Can you give my time back to me? Huh? You know what? Sometimes that judgment, that sense of judgment that I said not to take out into the streets, Bella, sometimes it's fun to watch other people take it out into the streets, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is. It certainly is. But here's here's what I think this movie has going for it. So number one is the script, which was co-written by a guy named Michael Tolkien. Um, if you know him, uh, he's best known for The Player. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Which is probably, that's probably his most famous film. He's done some really profound films, including a movie called The Rapture, which is one of oh, my favorites. Yes. Um, and a movie called, do you know that movie? There's a movie I, I like that I think you might hate, Kristen, called The Game with Michael Douglas. Do you know that movie? Oh, gosh. I, I think I may have seen that, and I think I did block it out because I think I hated it. I think you did hate that movie, but I love that movie. Anyway, <laughs> here, what you have in this movie is the story of two people who basically can't let something go. The, they've both been wronged, and, and, and pretty badly, but neither one of them can just stop and say, yeah, okay, you know what? Forget it. You know, there's that feeling when someone, like you're saying, Bella, when someone cuts you off in traffic or they're rude or they're doing something stupid or causing you some kind of inconvenience. And you're thinking like, oh, I wish I could say something totally nasty to that person or even better punch them in the face. There's a reason (laughs) that we don't do that, Bella. And it's not because we're cowards. It's because you know in your heart of hearts that nothing good ever comes of that kind of behavior. And here you've got this great movie that basically plays out what happens when you follow your worst instincts. And it's also got, I will say, two really good performances from Ben Affleck and Samuel L. Jackson. And I am not a man to praise Ben Affleck lightly. He's very, <laughs> but he's very good in this movie. So that's my recommendation to you. I think it will be a movie that will give you a little lesson in in letting things go. Wow. Well. Interestingly, Rafer, I am also prescribing Bella a movie where maybe people's worst instincts are acted upon. But unlike you, I'm not saying, oh, you're going to take the lesson away that you shouldn't be like this. I'm just going to say, Bella, watch this movie, revel in it, see it as a fantasy of something that you could do in an alternate universe if you had superpowers. The movie is called (laughs) Carrie from 1976, starring Sissy Spacek based on the book by Stephen King. Now, please do not see the updated version. Uh, Only see the 1976 version, please. Rafer, you may recall the updated version that came out five or so years ago was kind of so-so. It just was... I remember that being pretty so-so. Yeah, yeah, it was not great. But the 1976 version tells the story of a girl who is emotionally and physically abused by her mother. She's ridiculed by her classmates. She's mocked by the neighborhood kids. She gets it from all sides. And when you're watching it, I'm sure that your most judgmental thoughts will come to the fore, and you'll want all these people to be punished. And luckily, that happens. Because Carrie realizes partway through the movie that she has the power to hurt people right back, whether it's knocking neighborhood kids over on their bikes as they bully her just using her brain power. She, she's got the telekinetic power. She can just knock those kids over. And yes. you know what? <laughs> she goes way beyond knocking kids over on bikes. She just 
takes everybody down. I don't want to give it all away how much she takes them down. But I have to say, it is such a great comeuppance fantasy. (laughs) If you want to see people who are bad get punished, this is the movie to watch. And, you know, maybe... Some might say she goes a little too far in punishing people. I I might say she doesn't go far enough. It depends on how you look at things. But it is a pleasure to watch. It's really spooky. I have to say that Piper Laurie, who plays Carrie's mom in the movie, it's a tour de force performance. She is out of this world. So good. Sissy Spacek is so good. Even John Travolta is good. John Travolta is in this movie. Yeah, a young John Travolta. Here's a clip. Going, Mama. And things are gonna change around here. Which? That's Satan's power. It's nothing to do with Satan, Mama. It's me. Me. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. Satan is clever. Mama. I'm not the only one. Other people can do it. I read about it. You must renounce this power. You must give it up. You must never use it. I'm going. You can't stop me. Carrie is uh, a great movie. Uh, Brian De Palma, one of my favorite directors. Stephen King, one of my favorite authors. Um, You know, uh, Sissy Spacek is fantastic in it. It's a it's a slow burn toward the apocalypse in this movie, I would say. But Kristen, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to agree with you on this one. In fact, in fact, I'm going to go so far as to say, what's the matter with you? If you're recommending this movie to somebody who's having some emotional problems, Kristen. I'm just saying, I'm not saying to act it out. I'm not saying to take it to the streets. Carrie, remember, never takes it to the streets. She just uses her brain power. By the way, she never punches anyone. Oh, no. She just thinks things. That's all she does. That, but oh, that, I'm, ju- I'm just saying, Bella, maybe it's fun for you for a moment to think certain things. Just like think certain things. Have certain fantasies. Don't take it to the streets. <laughs> don't Don't maim anybody. Don't attack anybody. But... Maybe just enjoy the fantasy for a moment of like, oh, there's two people on the sidewalk holding hands. They're so desperately in love that even three seconds of not holding hands is just going to destroy them. Well, maybe your telekinetic powers can like put one of them back at home on the couch and then the other one's just walking, holding hands with nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get. See, you can have fantasies like that. That's a fun fantasy, right? Use your brain power. Your brain power suddenly makes one of them disappear. Perfect. Uh, okay, Christian, I don't know about you. I don't know what's gotten into you today. I don't know what's gotten into me. Here I am, the guy telling everyone to let it go. That's very, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. This is not like us, is it? No. Or maybe it is. It's very unlike, it's very unlike us, but I think that's interesting. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, if you want peace, love, and happiness and forgiveness, I, I just, I don't know if you're writing to the right people, Bella. <laughs> I, clearly not. <laughs> All right, so once again, our recommendations are uh, Changing Lanes from 2002 and Carrie from 1976. There you go, Bella. Best of luck to you. (laughs) We're going to take one more quick break, but when we're back, we have our What Should I Watch Next segment for the week. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. 
All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. And for this week's What Should I Watch next segment, we have two very special guests, Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin. Kristen and Caroline are the hosts and founders of the Unladylike podcast, which Rafer, you and I are huge fans of. On their show, they look at history and culture through a feminist lens and what happens when women break the rules. They're joining us today from Atlanta. Kristen and Caroline, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Uh, Okay, now we understand there's a a specific movie you've been obsessed with lately, and you're hoping that we can suggest other movies that might scratch the same itch for you. What is this movie you've been so obsessed with? So the movie is Dirty Dancing, and it is a new obsession of mine, but an old obsession of Caroline's. And for the very first time, like I watched Dirty Dancing because one, I needed to catch up with pop culture, but two, I needed to see Caroline's favorite movie. Um, I felt like it was a gap (laughs) in our friendship. So I'm finally catching up. Yes. And I grew up watching this movie on Laserdisc. Uh, Laser that my dad had purchased. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. Yes, I've seen it a million times. Love it. Well, Caroline, I gotta know why do you love this movie so much? So much that you somehow finally convinced Kristen to watch it. <laughs> what is it you love about uh, this? Well, I mean, aside from just it's the perfect movie. I mean, it has everything, right? It has romance summer love. It's got some comedy, some drama. There's an abortion that I didn't know happened until I was probably in my 20s. Um, Yeah, it just and you know what I still say to myself baby's line of I carried a watermelon when I do something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Rafer, would you say that you're a Dirty Dancing fan? Well, I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with Dirty Dancing, I guess, because I'm just going to date myself. I'm old enough to remember when it came out. And of course, this was a girl's movie. This was not a boy's movie, Uh, you know, and so I had to distance myself a little bit from this film. Um, But of course, now that I'm an uh, older man, I'm mature, my my tastes have matured. Uh, I can still say, you know, now I can say that I think Dirty Dancing is a really good movie. It's great entertainment, and I can see why it works so well. But at the time, you know, it was like... um, I don't I don't know. I don't know what it was like. It was like Madonna. You know, if you were a guy in the 80s, you're not you were not going to walk around telling everyone, yeah, I love Madonna. It was that kind of thing. (laughs) And Kristen, I'm dying to know, what did you think? You finally did it. You you, You finally jumped into the dirty dancing game that Caroline has been telling you to jump into. So what did you think? Well, first thing I thought was, don't tell my parents I watch Dirty Dancing. (laughs) Because (laughs) growing up, um, I was raised in a really conservative home, and Dirty Dancing was one of those movies that was definitely off limits. And it was um, 
one that came up a lot because, you know, friends wanted to watch it at sleepovers. It was always on TBS. <laughs> um, always, <laughs> yeah. And, up all night. <laughs> and I knew the the only thing I knew about Dirty Dancing was that it was inappropriately sexual and that really no good could come of it. So I was thrilled at 35 <laughs> to <laughs> finally curl up with Dirty Dancing. And it delivered the heat, the drama, the comedy. And also, Caroline, I'm sorry to bring this up again. Oh, yeah. A very dashing young Jerry Orbach, who I found myself <laughs> attracted to. Yes, that's right. <laughs> boom, boom. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. We all love Jerry Orbach. Thank you. Thank you. Caroline was a little concerned to hear about, uh, you know, my take on the Jerry Orbach of it all. But, you know. (laughs) Well, I got to say, I, um, as a kid, loved this movie. But like Kristen, I had no idea what it meant that, you know, somebody was in trouble in it. I was in my 20s also before I realized there was an abortion in this movie. I was so completely clueless. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, it's like, why is Penny so upset? I, I had no idea. Why did they just say abortion? Back then, I'm like, she's in trouble? What is she okay? What's going on? <laughs> she's in a family way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this this is such a great obsession to have. And I have to say, I am so glad that Kristen, you are finally on board with this obsession. Uh, Caroline, I am so proud of you for spreading this obsession. But <laughs> you both really want something else to watch now, right? You, you you need to know what to watch next. And Rafer and I have thought it over, and I think we have some ideas for you. So, okay. So, Rafer, what do you think? Well, as as the as the resident uh, '80s guy in this uh, group of people, uh, I'm going to go uh, for something a little a little along in that vein. Um, and my pick is a movie that. I think Kristen and I have talked about before on the on our on our old podcast, although I'm not sure she's ever seen it. My pick is a movie called Starstruck from 1982. It's uh, yeah, and if, now if you're an, if you're an 80s, even if you are an 80s fan, you may not know this this movie. It's directed by uh, Gillian Armstrong. It's this great little indie new wave musical that never got properly released in the U.S. Uh, great soundtrack with all these offbeat Australian bands. You get a little guest shot by Tim Finn from Split Ends. Um, it's about this small town teenager in Australia. She's named Jackie Mullins. She's working at her mom's bar, but at night she dreams of being a pop star. She's got a 14-year-old manager. She's got a backing band called the Wombats. And she's going to go on the WOW show and knock him dead. And of course, somewhere in here, the bar's going to get in trouble. And she's going to have to save the bar as well. And here's a clip. I have never heard of that movie before, but um, Kristen and Caroline, have you? No. No. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And what's, you know, what's great about it is everything in it is, um, it's really low budget and everything in it is so homemade. 
which was so very much like the kind of punk and new wave movement, especially if you were a teenager back then. I mean, you knew, you you got hair dye, you did something stupid to your clothes, you ripped your T-shirt, you know, you you tried to rip your jeans or pour acid on them and, you know, bleach on them and see what kind of effect you could get. And the whole movie just has that kind of homemade throw it against the wall and see what sticks kind of feeling about it. Um, like I say, it, it never got a real release here in the U.S. and it just never found traction at the time. But I really think if if it had been, you know, in uh, in the art house theaters properly back then, it really could have got a following. That's my little gem that I always pull out, uh, the, my little 80s gem that uh, no one ever knows. So that's my recommendation. Starstruck. That sounds great. And you can find it's re- readily available on uh, on pretty much any streaming platform. I mean, that sounds like an amazing... 80s gem and also it sounds like a, a really unladylike film caroline I, I feel like we need a joint screening of starstruck yeah <laughs> that's the only way i'll watch it for sure <laughs> all right <laughs> and as for me i have a completely different recommendation for you ladies which i'm guessing you may have seen before It is the story of four best friends named Carmen, Bridget, Lena, and Tibby, who are going to be spending their first summer apart from each other ever. They've been best friends since they were little kids. They're teenagers now. They're each going to go to different corners of the earth to see family members, to deal with different kinds of dramas in their lives, to go to summer camp and so on. And before they go on this journey, they go shopping together and find a pair of pants that magically fits all four of them. I am talking about the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Here's a clip. We were best friends and about to spend our first summer apart. How about the sweaters? You tie them But a pair of pants Ta-da! would keep us together. You think that a pair of jeans that fits all three of you is going to fit all of this? This summer, we'll share them equally and they'll travel among us. All right, so... I'm curious. Uh, Kristen, Caroline, have you already seen The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? No. Oh, wow. Oh, you're kidding. What? Neither of you? Come on. I haven't seen it either. What? Even I've (laughs) seen Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I know. You were so sure. Oh, my gosh. I've been aware of it. Um, I've been uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants aware, but (laughs) never actually made the commitment and watched the film same uh same i gotta say and you know it does to me sound a little bit like science fiction (laughs) that four women would find a pair of jeans that fit all of them so well but i know i can't even find one pair of jeans that fits me yeah but i like science fiction (laughs) i just want to make clear though this is not about the pants it's not about the pants at all it could have just been called four girls do things in the summer and the pants are beside the point. The point is that all four of these girls feel connected in a deep and real way. And they go through real dramas. You know, there are uh, romantic dramas. There are family dramas. There is romance. There's summer. There's the beach. There's a lot of the things that you love about Dirty Dancing in this movie. Um, all the coming of age, all the female leads, uh, all the culture clashes between generations. There's a lot of that, plus a great soundtrack in this movie. So I think it's a great next step for you after Dirty Dancing. It's not quite as dirty. It's not quite as sophisticated. <laughs> no, it's very PG, very PG-13. Yes, it's very PG-13. There's definitely some romance, some making out and so on. But, um, you know, 
not as racy as Dirty Dancing, but a lot of great lessons, a lot of great summer, a lot of great friendship, a lot of girls realizing how much stronger they are than they thought they were, girls standing up to their parents and so on, just like Dirty Dancing. Um, so I think you're really going to love Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Kristen, yeah, it feels it feels necessary, Caroline. It feels like a missing part of our unladylike film canon. And I think we've got to get down to well, it. Well, Kristen Conger, I have a question for you. Would your parents approve of this movie? Is there any heavy petting? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it gets very heavy. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, There's yeah, definite just making out happening, but I don't yeah. think it's heavy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If it's just call some, it some light kissing. Smooching. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it's yeah. just a smooch, yeah. I think we're okay. Yeah, I can. I can tell my parents about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm in. You might be surprised at this, Krista, but I, I'm I'm going to second your recommendation. I, I actually like the Sisterhood uh, uh, movies. I'm going to confess also, I've actually seen Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants too. There's a sequel? Um, and I got to wow. tell you, it was... Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I, I I like these movies, um, and I, I really I think they're I think they're really sweet. Um, and I sort of I was surprised watching them. Um, how I kind of I, I I guess what I thought was I can see how you'd kind of get into this idea if it's not quite the same for guys, but if you're if you're a woman, you'd get into this this idea of the pants. Like the jeans really do take on this kind of totemic quality. They add their own little touches to it and they you know, trade them. They pass them back and forth. And I don't know. I kind of liked it. So uh, I, I would agree with you, Kristen. I, I like these movies. Wow. Now, Kristen and Caroline, I have to tell you how rare this is. Um, Reefer and I... <laughs> Kristen, you're stunned. Reefer and I are not usually in 100% agreement on um, my movie picks. So, <laughs> so this is saying something that both he and I are suggesting the traveling pants uh, duel of movies here. Yeah. I mean, that speaks, I guess, to the magic of those pants. And a female friendship. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really hope you check out both of these movies and get back to us and let us know how they go. Yes. Well, thanks, y'all. All right. So once again, those recommendations, Starstruck and Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And once again, huge thank you to Kristen and Caroline, hosts of the Unladylike podcast, for joining us. Thank you, both of you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, my gosh. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. And hold on. Do you have a new season of Unladylike launching soon? It or? has launched. Oh, it has. Oh, my gosh. Am I wrong? Or do you have Tori Amos on an episode soon? Yes. Our episode She's was Tori on, Amos. Yeah, this week. Yes. Came out this week. Ooh. Oh, my Gosh. All right. So everybody check out on Ladylike with their very special guest, Tori Amos. With our friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your buddy, Tori. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> well, that's it for this week's episode of Movie Therapy. Huge thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. If you want some movie therapy out there, please don't hesitate to reach out. Ask us questions. Ask us for advice, which may be very questionable, like the advice we just gave. We will give you some movie recommendations, maybe some TV recommendations. You can reach us at RaferandKristen at gmail.com. Once again, that's RaferandKristen at gmail.com. Write to us at your own risk. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at RaferGuzman and at Kristen Meinzer and on our website, which is RaferandKristen.com. 
Reminder, we love it when you rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It just fills our heart with joy to see all those five-star ratings. Feel free to leave us one or, you know, if you have to, a four-star rating, right? That's right. Anything helps. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.